0: Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison and you are listening to the Giri Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giris out there. Yes, the boys are back in town. We've rested up over the summer break and now it's time to find our feet again as we go into our pre-season podcast. On our first podcast of this season, we'll be running the rule over Malaga's newest cohort of players. There's quite a lot of them to go through. What has been going on pre-season? The general state of the club, and an update on fans at La Rosaleda. Plus, we'll later be joined by Alex Fitzpatrick of the excellent Segunda podcast to give us the lowdown on what Malaga can expect this season from our Segunda rivals. But first, I will introduce my fellow Giricasters. As always, I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you? <laughs> Hi Matt, how are you? Yeah, I should expect it. I can it only say
1: it's time for
0: music. <laughs> I feel like I should be running out the tunnel now. There <laughs> for this. Now
1: that's just fun.
0: Okay, yeah. Hi, Good to be back. That that, that is a proper um, run out the tunnel for a game music. I think. I think. The, I think. The... I, I felt like a darts player for a minute. Oh right, okay. Oh yeah you can be a Dart player, yeah. It's not yeah darts like uh, darts is a good shout as well, actually it does sound like I dart. felt like Michael Vaugh. Um how's your summer been, Chris? Pretty well. Loads of rain, loads of shit
1: weather, the typical
0: Dutch summer. Okay. I didn't I thought I thought the Holland had nice weather, but never mind.
1: Yeah, for a week or so. But I'm I'm travelling to Spain next Sunday, so
0: Excellent stuff. Well, I, I'm in France at the moment. I, I'm at my dad's house in France, so I'm 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 seeing grey skies at the moment for the first time in a while because I've been gallivanting around Spain and it's been very very hot this summer. So, um, yeah. Did you, did you taste some wine? Did I taste some wine? Taste, taste some wine. Yeah, of course. I'm in France. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Yeah, we had we had some wine last night, me and my dad. So that was all good. Um. And then we move on to our second Gary um, um our regular Alex Ashmore is, I don't know, is he doing something with cricket or something today? I can't remember. It's,
1: yeah, Johnny Cricket, they call him today.
0: Yeah, I thought, I thought it was cricket, yeah, because it's the summer, so I'm sure he'll be back uh, next time. But we're um, coming off the bench as a substitute. We are joined by Johnny Stern, who has uh, been doing some social media for us. So how are you doing,
2: Johnny? Thanks for the warm welcome. Uh, I don't think I have a song ready for this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just a bit about myself. I'm half Spanish, half English. I was born in Malaga, and I went to uh, an international school in Marbella, and yeah. I spent a few of my teenage years in America. And now I'm in Liverpool. So. Excellent
0: stuff. Yeah, I, I, great city, Liverpool as well. That's where I did my teacher training, so I've got a lot of got a lot of love for Liverpool as I do Marbella. Um, and, and are you? Uh, a lifelong Malaga fan? Is that sort of just from being brought up in the area?
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I grew up as a Liverpool fan when I was very young because of my dad. My dad's from uh, near Liverpool, so I always supported Liverpool, but my uncle uh, in Spain would always take me to Malaga games and stuff like that. So I really started to love the club, thanks to my family and uh, them bringing me over and stuff like that. And I've been able to still follow them from abroad, thankfully, so yeah
0: (laughs) excellent stuff and then just while we're talking any sort of favorite players ever I always like asking who's people's favorite player ever in a Malaga shirt
2: oh for me it's got to be Joaquin to be honest Joaquin or maybe Isco as well because he's still about but uh, something about Joaquin and Santi Cazola as well I, I have a soft spot for but I'd say my favorite is Joaquin he's just he's just hilarious and he's just the perfect Andalusian illusion player in my opinion so
0: <laughs> yeah and, and he's sort of one of these ones when you see people like tweet things like if you could invite i don't know, five footballers to a dinner party who would you pick i think he would be high up on mine just because he is like you said he's he's hilarious and a bit bonkers and we like hilarious and bonkers uh, how's your summer been johnny
2: yeah, it's been all right um uh... I'm, I'm currently in Liverpool like I said I'm doing a Masters in sports business so I've just been plugging away at my dissertation um, and yeah we, we've actually had some good weather to be honest so I'm just really excited for the new season to start to be honest
0: and we'll be we'll be talking about some sport business in a second but while, while you say you're doing a <laughs> Masters in sport business any sort of uh, ambitions to, to take over Malaga at some point because we could do with someone you know, quite soon <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it would be a dream to work for Managa. I will say that. Uh, and I'd love to maybe apply anything I've learned here. But uh, yeah, it would be great, to be honest.
0: Excellent stuff. So let, let's get into it. Let's get into, um, as Johnny just said, we're looking forward to the new season. And a new season means new players. Um, but first, before we go on to new players, we've got uh, two old players coming back, Chris. Uh, we signed Huzabed on a free transfer, obviously on loan from Celta Vigo last season and Pablo Chavarria has re-signed as well Um, how important are those two signings for Malaga going forward
1: I think Josabet is very important because he had a he had a bit of a difficult start at Malaga but half the way he became a very important (coughs) player for Malaga with a lot of class Um, and I think the same counts for Chavarria who had a good start but got off with an awful injury and um well, we, whenever he was on the pitch, something was about to happen. So, yeah. I think we, we missed that a bit with Kaya Quintana.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Jose Baird, I think <clears throat> the best thing that happened for him, really, was when uh, Ramon got injured, really, wasn't it? That's sort of when he found his place, I guess. And Chavaria, um, I was quite surprised, actually, when I was looking, when we signed him. I thought he scored a lot more goals for us. He only scored four goals, but like you said, he mm-hmm. brought... A lot more to the table than goals. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, excited to see those two players back at La Rosaleda?
2: Yeah, particularly Chavarria, to be honest. Uh, we need we really needed a proper striker up front and just that, that injury was really unlucky. But I'm really happy he signed the new contract and he's here to stay for the, at least foreseeable future. But he's a, he's a big win for us, to be honest, his return. He said in Coppa in Malaga that he had several other options to go to. Yeah,
1: I and mean, he chose Malaga because he was happier.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. I think we said on the podcast a few times last season, didn't we? It does seem like it felt like it was quite a happy group there, and I think he told his agent, didn't he, just do everything possible. I think were his words to stay at Malaga, and and he has. Um Before we talk on the new boys, I think as well we should perhaps mention that. I think correct me if I'm wrong. Ramon and Hicham have signed professional contracts.
1: Yes, and Castas, I believe. Ismail oh, okay. as well, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Right. So that's good to hear as well that they're going to be around because I think um, I think when we did this podcast last year, Chris, if you remember, I tipped Hecham to be our breakout <coughs> star of the season, and that didn't quite happen for a number of reasons. So
1: yeah, I think one of the most re- of the most important reasons was that he got COVID mm. and he had an awful time with COVID. Yeah, he has been out for a long time.
0: Yeah, there was quite a, yeah, they said they affected him for quite a while, didn't yeah. it? So um yeah, hopefully I'll say it again. Hopefully this will be his real breakout season. Um let's let's turn our attention to the new boys then. And I've tried to put them in order, we signed them. Obviously, our manager came from Mirandez and he brought with him Javi Jimenez from Mirandez, a left back who I'm guessing is gonna replace uh Matos, who is not coming back, I believe. No, no. Which um, I'm guessing that's just because we've signed another left back in Javi Jimenez. Uh, do we know much about Javi Jimenez either of you? Because I don't. <laughs> I've I have done my
2: homework. For... but i will come to you. Not Johnny. Uh, Johnny knows more.
0: Go on, Johnny. Well,
2: I know he used to play for Atlético Malagueño um, a few years ago. Uh, so this is a bit of a return for him. But other than that, not too much to be honest.
0: Is is he? Um, if he played for Atlético Malagueño, is he? Uh, is he a local boy? No. No.
1: Okay.
0: We just played there. Because <laughs> obviously we like signing our Andalus sort of local boys. But yeah, you know, if Jose Alberto obviously knows him, it must you know it's, it's good to have a player that he's got a relationship with already coming to the club with him, I guess. Um, and then we signed, I think, you know, the feel-good hit of the summer brought to us by our friend El Rumba with his song. We signed Pau Pau Paulinho. Uh he seems exciting, doesn't he? Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that signing are. Ah, we signed him from Le Gronez, 24, and the club website describes him as imaginative and electric.
1: I don't know. I know that the song of Rumba Moro went bonkers <laughs> through it? whole Spain thanks to uh, a famous YouTuber called Ibai Janos, who is like has like six million followers. He like retreated it and it went bonkers.
0: Yeah, it's uh, well, it's, I think if I remember rightly, it was just the same tune as the Okazaki song, but it's but the pow pow.
1: It's, it's the same tune we got because we got a song. Oh,
0: yes, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, he's played for Inter Milan youth level Atletico Madrid, I think, youth level. Um, he seemed to do a good job at Legronis last year. I, I can't say I watched much of them. Um, any, do you know any more about him, Johnny?
2: I think what's interesting about this signing was that he actually had interest from the first division, uh, from clubs in the first division, and he rejected them in favour of Malaga. So obviously we've got some projects happening, or I think he's got a big part to play in this team, because you don't reject first division teams if you're not promised like a big role in Malaga. So I think this could be a really exciting signing, to be honest.
0: Yeah, he's so, uh, and I believe he's like, I, I didn't mention it, I just realised he's a attacking midfielder sort of winger, I think, if I believe. Like, no. Yeah. So that's sort of a player we sort of lacked a little bit last season. We had quite a good, you know, we had some good centre midfielders, but not really a, someone that was, could go a bit further forward. So that should be exciting to see. I think, I'd uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think our most exciting signing of the summer um, is Brandon Thomas Who we've got from On a three from Osasuna uh, He seems like a fun Guy And I think I tweeted it When we signed him Sid Lowe did an interview with him A couple of seasons ago and yeah, in, Very in, funny Yeah in the opening paragraph Oh in the opening of the interview He says I'm an extrovert And anyone that just comes out yeah. And says I'm an extrovert um, And interesting His dad's from London um, His mother's Spanish Doesn't speak
1: a word English
0: <laughs> Yeah I think he supports Chelsea as well, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah, so what were our thoughts on Brandon Thomas? Because I think he's going to be our number one striker. Along, well, maybe alongside Chavaria, I don't know. But what, what are our thoughts on the Brandon Thomas signing?
1: I don't think he's a real nine okay. who scores you a lot of goals. I think he's the man next to the striker.
0: So he would be sort of a replacement for Kaya Quintana? Yeah. I a good uh, one. Uh, yeah. Well, just quickly on Kitano. You see, he's gone to Poland, is not he? Which is quite random. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. you know, all the best to him in Poland. It's,
2: yeah.
0: Um, Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, Johnny, what are your thoughts on the Brandon Thomas signing?
2: Yeah, still early to tell. Um, I think in the friendlies, uh, you know, he he played he played quite well. But, you know, it's still too early to tell if he's going to be good or not. It, it does seem quite exciting because he's got a bit of a personality. My favorite thing about that Sid Lowe interview, actually, is um, he said he had a bit of el loco inglés inside of him, which means he's got a bit of the crazy Englishman inside. It means he's very passionate and he's going to work very hard on the pitch. That's kind of what he meant by it. Um, And he called himself hooligan. Yeah. Yeah, which is like a bit of a mistranslation, I think. It has a different connotation in Spanish when you say hooligan. It means more like passionate English fan rather than you know criminal <laughs> yeah so sort of like ultra oh,
0: i suppose isn't it it sort of means doesn't it hooligan in like spanish i don't
2: know i like both
0: <laughs> yeah um okay and then uh, um our other like sort of permanent signing i'm sure we've made a lot of signings so i am guessing i'm going to miss someone out before i mention the two loan signings um i'm in france so i'm going to mess this pronunciation up A uh, Mathieu paibunes forgive me french listeners uh who we've signed from Bob, come help. <laughs> oh, his French is even worse than mine. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know how to say it. Paper. Paper. Yeah, forgive us, Edward. Like um, but we signed him on a free for Mal Maria. He was on loan at Zaragoza last season. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I've been sort of traveling the last couple of days. I've not really read up much about him. To, I believe he's quite, you know, he seems to have quite a good reputation. I saw a few tweets about him saying there was interest from other clubs again and he chose Malaga Um, do you guys want to inform me anything more about him
1: the only thing I can say is that he played for a lot of teams unknown for Saragossa unknown for Lugo he played at Almeria Sporting Gijon, Open Guts Tepe in Turkey and St. Lorient Okay.
2: now he's a bit of a senior centre-back so you know you'd think that he'd start a lot of our games. Uh, maybe he'll even push Eskassi into the midfield a bit, because last season Eskassi had to play in the defence quite a few times. So yeah, it'd be good to get some solidity in the defence, I think. So hopefully it's a good signing.
0: Yeah, because I suppose, I don't know, my, my thing was, I do quite like Juan de and Lombard playing together, but if one of those is injured, we don't really have many people pushing them, do we? So. It's good to have that competition. And yeah, I don't know, maybe he'll displace I don't know, maybe even Lomban. Lomban had a bit of a hit and miss season last year, I thought, although he's the club captain. That's and um, yeah, we'll see. And then just again, you guys jump in after this if I've forgotten someone. But the only other two deals I've got written down are we've signed Danny Martin, goalie from Betis on Loan and Ishmael Gutierrez from Atletico B. Um da- Danny Martin is obviously uh, what's his name Soriano didn't come back so we've got Danny Barrio now we've signed Danny Martin is Danny Martin going to be the number one or is it still up for contention do you think
1: I hope Danny Barrio is number
2: one because he is actually our, our goal, own goalkeeper
0: okay
2: uh, Danny uh, Martin yeah. hasn't seemed to play ha- hasn't seemed to play a lot either so I think it's I think he's coming here to be back up okay
0: yeah, yeah. But then sure. you do sort of think then, though, why would Betis let him go to be a backup? I, you know, sometimes <clears throat> sometimes these deals have, or you've got to play him a certain amount. Um, hopefully we, well, I don't know. Do, do we want to go back to the alternate goalie strategy from last year? Oh.
2: <laughs> Jose Alberto said he's binning that idea. He, oh. he didn't like it one bit uh, <laughs> when we were rotating goalkeepers and he says we're not going to do that anymore. So I'm very interested to see what we'll do. But I think... We'll start Barrio, but I don't know. Maybe we have a different plan.
0: Okay. Um, and oh, and, and just because a couple of people have asked me about this, uh, Willie Caballero is training with the club, I believe. Yeah, and we're not going to sign him, are we?
1: Well, that's not sure yet because okay. there is an offer for him still. Okay. Even that we have two keepers for two seasons. That's what. A, that's the rumor that's going on still. Okay. Even after signing Dani Martín.
0: Okay, that would be exciting. It is um, how old is Willie Caballero now? Um, Late thirties. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Late thirties, I guess. Goalkeeper, coach slash player. I don't know. He could have. Yeah. Some, maybe. Um, so I didn't know
1: anything about these all new players because I care about Malaga and care less about the rest. <laughs> um, so I thought, what can I do? I have to come up with something. So I've asked my wife <laughs> to judge them by their looks.
0: Oh, great. Okay. So I, I can't remember all of them. So go on. So go.
1: here we go. Goh got a four. Is this out of ten? She said, yeah. Okay. He looks too grumpy. Uh, Lino got a five. Good haircut, but not my type. Okay. And I'm quoting.
0: Eh?
1: Okay. Javi Jimenez got a six. He has a small, but looks a bit old. Brendan Thomas, looks like an Italian rapper, handsome guy, got an eight.
0: Okay, I think I'd go with that.
1: Danny Martin, beautiful eyes, but looks like the boy next door. <laughs> I don't, it's not my words. No, I'm no, just, I know. Keep going. Ismael Gutierrez, a bit funny looking, <laughs> got a seven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
1: And Pei Bernes got a, a 6.5. Hmm. And she said, mwah. <laughs> so then she said I have to pick the most handsome guy of the team she came up with this after so I said okay so we showed all the pictures and um, she saw Ben Kimasa she said oh
0: look he's cute ah, <laughs> he is he is quite
1: cute but then she had to pick a winner okay and I, you know who's going to be it's
0: going to be Louis easy, surely it is Luis Munoz, and she said, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, wow. Ooh. Yeah, that. that uh, I don't know. I, I follow him on Instagram, and uh, I regularly go, wow. <laughs> uh, and oh. we, uh, she
1: also picked
0: a loser, and that is Lomban. Oh, Lomban's ba- <laughs> all right.
1: She
0: said he's ugly. I, th- I think they're all beautiful. They're all, they've all got beautiful Malaga hearts, e- even Ben Kamasa. Um... Yeah, so so when Chris did say, "Oh, I've done some preparation for this yeah. first podcast," I thought, "All oh, right, he's going to come with some, you know, stats from last season and yes. how many pass completion and yes. chances created." But no, his, his prep was didn't care about that. <laughs> but I think that 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 that's, I think you've gone for the most important thing there, Chris. Uh, I think they they are important statistics you've given us there. Yes. Um, so did, did, for did all you... our
1: female listeners, L-T-B-G-T, uh I don't know. Listeners Get in touch This is my wife's opinion <laughs> If you don't agree I always disagree with her So you're welcome To join my club I also have the rumours Do you want to hear the rumours?
0: Go for that Let's have a quick rundown
1: Okay um, Well Willy Caballero Was already mentioned um, That we had a scoop With uh, Giri Kost And Sport Direct Radio Brian Kufre from Mallorca, the Argentinian left back, would be is very close to be signing with Malaga.
0: Okay, yeah, it, seems, it sounds like, yeah, I've heard that one.
1: Yes, we have um, Northern Amrabat.
0: Yes, yeah, so, well, I'm waving my Amrabat shirt right now. Is Amrabat yes. on the back of this?
1: He, is, he, would, he said he would choose a new destination before the 31st of July.
0: Also, just on Amrabat, um, I've discovered since uh, my brother got me this shirt for Christmas because he liked Amrabat, um, when I walk around Marbella, obviously there's, oh, if, I was, if I've been in restaurants in Marbella, quite, there's quite a lot of um, Moroccan bar staff and waiting staff. They all come over to me and say, great shirt, I love Amrabat. So it'd be great if he comes back because everyone's really nice to me.
1: <laughs> so um, he has no club yet. His last club was Al Nasser in Saudi Arabia Um, hasn't got a club but he said in a Dutch interview that he has an option to sign in Spain with one of his old loves Mm -hmm. he played for two teams in Spain that's Leganes or Malaga so he has an offer I'm not sure if it's from Leganes or it's Malaga
0: surely he loves Malaga more I I suppose Leganes have uh, the cucumber so
1: yeah Anyway. I have some stats. He played um, 80 matches in, uh, at Al Nasser and he scored 15 goals.
0: Okay, that's
1: not bad. Not bad. He's a winger more than a striker. Yeah, yeah. Um, Antonin. You're going to love this, man.
2: Okay.
1: He's not in the plans of the Granada coach, Alberto Romero. Yeah. Um, so you can look out for... Another loan deal, or maybe a goodbye from Granada? Is he an
0: option? I, I love him back. Yeah, he, he's as you know, I'm a big fan.
1: He visited Malaga a week ago against Alcorcón. Okay. He was uh, in the stands or against? Almaria. Maria! He was in the stands to come and watch uh, the Malaga match. So
0: okay, that sounds good.
1: He's not a rumor yet, but. I know that he doesn't count for the, he, he doesn't, he isn't in the plans of the Pranada coach, then we have two more names, Okay. two strikers, and this information comes from El Desmarque, Malaga, Cristo mm-hmm. Gonzalez from Udinese, uh, played for Mirandes last season, made four goals, okay. and he's more of a second striker So not a real striker next to the other striker. He isn't the goal scorer. Not a typical nine. Okay. Uh, And Borja Garces from Atletico Madrid. Okay. He's more of a nine. Scored six goals in 21 matches at Fenerbahce last season.
0: Okay. That sounds good. And that's a nice little rundown of... Our rumours there. Um, yeah, the, the Amrabat one would be fun. I'd like him to come back. Um, but yeah. I would love Anthony to come back. Oh yeah, actually, that, that, I, to be honest with you, I haven't even thought about him, but that that'd be, I can't see it happening personally. But it'd be, Me neither. But it'd be great. Come back, Antonine. I, I, I love yeah. you. Um, you. You've sort of just mentioned them briefly there, Chris. Um, we have played some preseason season friendlies. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, I did not watch any of them. I'll just give a quick... Run down. Uh, we beat Velez two uh, 2-0, Then we beat uh, Sevilla two two 0 Then we lost in the same day. We lost three 0 to Alcocon, and then drew one one with Almería. Uh, Johnny, did did you watch any of them?
2: I watched a couple uh, bits and bobs, but to be honest, it was just you know they're just trying to get fit. Paulinho scored a good goal. That's yeah. that's about it for me. But <laughs> uh, 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 uh,
0: did um, I, I, I seem to remember our? Alex, our other Gary caster, just putting in the WhatsApp group Isa Fomba At some point, oh, he yeah. loves Isafomba. I'm, I'm guessing he played in one of them or something. Um,
1: Alex is a bit of an old guy. He supports Joville <laughs> every time. Starts screaming about Isafomba. Huge Jack fan Harper. of Jack Harper.
0: <laughs>
1: he makes no sense at all. Well,
0: yeah, it's a, yeah. That's why I like him. Yeah, and 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 he's ditched us for cricket today. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Alex, come back. <laughs> um, well, uh, we've got one more friendly left, which is going to be at La Rosaleda against Tenerife. We have two. Oh, do we have two? Forgive me. What's the other one? Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. No, but it doesn't matter anyway. Leading into the, we are playing Tenerife at La Rosaleda, and I believe fans are going to be allowed into that friendly. Yes. Yes. That's, uh, so I'm guessing it's the 25% they've mentioned. or the We don't know yet.
1: Okay. But what I can say, is that it will be 25% or 30%. You will need to uh, uh, show an anti-gene test or a PCR test, mm-hmm. or you have to show you're vaccinated.
0: Yeah, that's what I expected. Um, and then we, we don't know about the start of the season yet, do we? They've, said about this 25% or 30%, but I'm assuming it's going to be, fans are going to be allowed in for the start of the season if things don't change drastically. But that's, you know, I'm just speculating here. There's nothing confirmed. Am I right in saying that? Nothing's confirmed yet, no? No. Okay. So, uh, you know, I know people have got in contact with us on Twitter and Facebook asking about season tickets. That's a bit of a complicated one as well um, um yeah
1: the only thing we can say is that first of all you have to be become a fiel malagista which costs 30 euro i guess
0: yeah it's 29.99 <laughs> 29.99 i'm
1: doing it today uh, become a fiel malagista and then you'll be able to buy tickets and you will also need it to get a season
0: ticket yeah, and I think they they subtract that thirty euros from the season ticket price. Then don't yes. They? So um, yeah, it was a bit complicated to do. I've done it already. It was a yeah. It's a bit weird. I don't quite get it, but I, I've done it. So anyway, um, and then just finally, unless you guys want to add something shortly. Oh no, there's one other thing I wanted to add shortly at the end, which Johnny mentioned before we came. Um, is there any update on the club first? Because I know there was something about the club's being valued at fifty million euros. I saw Altani crying again on Twitter about something, saying he rejected £450 what? What's what's going on there? Again, I've done a lot of travelling this summer. I've maybe not followed it as much as I should have. There you go, Johnny.
2: This is your (laughs) (laughs) moment. Well, you know, with these news, it's all a bit confusing, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, apparently the club's been valued at a a certain price, and Altani doesn't seem to agree, and... There have been times where he's rejected offers. So it's just all very strange and confusing. And it's a bit of a circus back there, to be honest. It's kind of, it's pretty hard to follow, to be honest with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think when me and Chris started the podcast two summers ago now, in the first few podcasts, we were talking about Altani and what's going on behind the scenes a lot. And luckily, last season was a bit of a relief from that because the team were quite good on the pitch. So we, and I don't know, things seem to be a bit stabler with, uh, um, Jose Maria Munoz and Manolo Gaspar and Payasir was quite steady too. It was all nice and steady this se- last season. So hopefully the club can just sort it out soon and we can. Get-
1: what I know is that uh, Malaga is being appraised to be worth 50.3 million yeah. euros and it's still 4.5 million euros in debt, mm-hmm. which puts us the value of the club around 45.7 million euros. Each single share would cost 78 euros and 34 cents. I think that the reason why they valued it is that it's important to have the capital increase because you need to know what every share costs, but it also could be the start of the... uh, of, the, of selling Malaga. Okay. So, yeah, we just don't know yet. What I do know is that it's taking a bit too long the whole situation. And I think it's time that Malaga finally gets a new owner. Or continue with Altani, which I don't know myself. Uh, but he's still the rightful owner and president of Malaga Club de Football. Um, but that for once and all, we know where we're going and, and we can Planning. leave this behind us. Yes. That's a big thing.
0: And then um, just to finish off our little pre-season coverage, um, J- Johnny said earlier, I was like, is there anything else we want to add? And, you know, a big theme on our podcast over the last two years or whatever, 18 months has been football kits. And we haven't mentioned Malaga's kits. So Johnny said, why don't we talk about the kits? And like, of course we need to talk about the kits. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll start with you then, Johnny. Do you like the new kits?
2: I absolutely love the kits, to be honest, especially the home kit. Um, I know the darker blue is a bit unpopular amongst certain fans, but generally throughout the years, we've had many different shades of blue, so I don't see a problem with it myself. My last home kit was from 10 years ago. I'm wearing it right now, from 2011, so I think it's about time I upgrade, and I've been waiting for a good kit. And I also wanted to say, this season was very crucial for Malaga to put out a strong kit, in my opinion, because... Any any revenue really would really help the club, and if they can get a solid kit that everybody likes that has stripes on it and uh, no weird things or anything like that, it could really sell quite well. And it could and, and any little helps to be honest with the with the with the with the club. So I'm I'm actually really happy with it. As for the away and the third kits, you know they're all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're a bit
0: plain. Yeah, I really like the home kit. I'll be honest with you, I'm, I I do like a light blue shirt. I like light blue shirts. So I prefer the light blue stripes, but, you know, I don't find the dark blue offensive. And it's, even though there's a little bit more of a Cardiff color, but I'll, I'll, I can get over that. Um, yeah, I really like it. I like the um, sponsor on it as well. I've forgotten what it is, though. Is this Sabo Amalaga? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're, it looks cool. It looks, it looks, I like, the sponsor looks quite cool on the shirt. What about you then, Chris? What are your thoughts on the kits?
1: Um, I have to agree with Johnny that last year's kits were a bit, were a bit off. Um, still, I bought three of them. <laughs> I bought the home kit for myself. I bought the away kit for myself. And I bought my Sunday home kit. Uh, this season, I really love them. Well, the first one. I think the second one is okay. The third one is not really my thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The second one looks okay, but a bit too simple.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not, I'm not particularly in love with their away shit. Um, again, sometimes when you see them up close, they, 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 do, they do look a bit nicer. Sometimes, like last year, I remember we were really moaning about the kits, and then when I saw them in the flesh, I was like, oh, they're actually quite nice, and I really like them in the end. But um, yeah, I, I think, I think the home kit's particularly cool. Um, is there anything else you want to add oh, should, should we, Chris do you want to just tell people to vote for us and stuff because <laughs> you've been doing yes. it, you've been on our well, campaign manager <laughs>
1: yeah I'm, I'm campaign manager now as well um, vote for us <laughs> because you can vote for Matt vote for Johnny vote for Alex vote for Ben vote for me because we are in the we're trying to participate in the football content awards hmm if yes. I'm saying it right. Yeah, you. And right. um, we can use all the votes in the world because I just want to go to an award show <laughs> in London, the fourteenth of October, and to get amazingly pissed with
0: all the free beer and all the free drinks. I don't think there's free beer and free drinks. I went to the uh, they used it used to be called the Football Blogging Awards, and I went to the one when they had her in manchester in the football museum it was really cool actually because i wrote for a couple of websites that were nominated so i just said can i just tag along because it was in manchester i lived in manchester and yeah the guy's that run it are really cool I, i'm for, i know the guy that runs the whole awards actually he's a he's did a, you have to pay for your beer yes sorry
1: okay <laughs> so vote and donate some money for beer now yeah. i'll pay for the beer that's no problem but please vote because um yeah we really want to make it to the finals. I want to see London because I think
0: England is very nice. Yeah. London is very nice. I want to see a nice blue suit as well, Christopher. Yes. I represent Mali. I will put on a blue suit. <laughs> um so
1: which category are you participating best? Club,
0: best club content, brackets international.
1: Yes. And So go to the website. It's
0: Football.com, just just if you go on our Twitter and our Facebook, yeah. you'll find there's lots of links and stuff. And
1: watch the video because it's a very cool video is, with yeah. with loads of, with players in it, with famous Malaga people you probably won't know. Um, Fans of our podcast. Fans most of our podcast, that's the most important thing. That really surprised me and amazed me and got me even a bit emotional seeing <laughs> all those faces. Now, to be honest... It, when we talk here, I see Matt's face, I see Johnny's face, I see Alex's face, I see Ben's face. But it doesn't really like... It feels like someone will listen to it. <laughs> yes. But then when you see all those faces, it's it's very awesome. So thank you for listening.
0: Yes, thank you for listening. But we're not finished quite yet today. No. Um, see you next week. <laughs> well, no, we're, we're, we're going to wrap <laughs> oh. up our little pre-season review there. I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about pre-season stuff next week we might have some new sign-ins etc but we're going to move on to the next part of the podcast and we're going to look forward and discuss you know Malaga's opponents over the coming season so let's move over to the next part <laughs> So on the second part of our first podcast of the season, we're going to look ahead to what Malaga can expect from the Segunda this season. And who better to join us to talk about the Segunda than Alex Fitzpatrick of the Segunda podcast. Alex, how are you? I'm great,
3: thank you. It's lovely to be on the other side of the microphone and uh, being the guest rather
0: than the host. Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Yeah, that that pressure's on me this time. Um, So obviously you started um, the Segunda podcast towards the end of last season. Um, You were sort of playing about with the format and now you've got your... Full season ahead. I'm going to ask straight away. Like, how how's the podcast been going so far? Yeah, it's been
3: going really, really well. You know, the engagement's have been great on social media. The the kind of listener numbers are really, really good as well. So, for anyone that's been listening to it, thank you. And anyone that hasn't, you know, give us a go, give it a listen. Um, yeah, we started at uh, after the season's end, or it was during the playoffs actually, and we started with doing a roundup of of the 22 teams and. This, this, it's important to stress that it's. This is about all twenty-two teams in the division. You know, we're we're covering the league. We're not covering one or two teams. You know, uh, the cast will always be the number one place for Malaga. We're not trying to kind of step into the Garrycast shoes. I know you know that, uh, but just for the listeners out there, you know, for everything Malaga, cast is the place. But if you if you want something. This, um, you know, a bit wider looking at the entire league and, and to find out a little bit more about what's going on with the other 22 team or the other 21 teams as well, then, you know, give us a look. We've 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 looked back at the season gone um, and then the recent podcast we've been looking forward to the season that's going to come. So we did a, a managerial merry-go-rounds um, podcast and it, what a merry-go-round it was. We talked about all 22 um, coaches in the dugouts for the season That's going to be, and there have been a number of different changes, and uh, yeah, and this week's podcast is going to be a preview of the season. um, Which wow, Liam and I are going to try and talk about all 22 teams and do it as concisely as possible. But there's so much to talk about, and that's that's the thing that I love, and this is why I started this Segunda podcast. Is there's so much going on in Segunda, and and you know there's 22 really, really interesting teams. You know, you look at La Liga, maybe there's only a couple of teams there that can win it. There's kind of a set number of teams that can be up the top. And in Segunda, anything can happen absolutely anything can happen. And you know, Deportivo La Coruña are a testament to that going down. So, yeah, I'm really excited for the season. Bring it on.
0: Yeah, f- um, thank you as well. You've actually been, Alex, over the summer. Um, I, I think you've probably seen I've done quite a bit of traveling. But, you know, whilst travelling, there's been alcohol involved. So I've been trying to do a lot of running as well in the morning. You've sort of been my, my running companion. You've been I've <laughs> quite a lot because uh, you're sort of a nice half hour. And I thought, if I can just do a nice half hour, 5K or whatever. And then, yeah, so you've been my... Co- and also, thank you for already, because I think you're going to be an important resource for us throughout the season. We can get the lowdown on our opponents before we play. No, you're,
3: you're very welcome. And um, I mean... Looking at my waistline, I've not been your running companion because <laughs> because I've been sat in my dungeon um, running the Twitter account and doing my research for the new season to go. But I think it's one of the important things that you say there is we are more or less we try to keep it to half an hour there's one or two pods that are slightly longer just because we're trying to cover so much content such as the preview one that's coming is going to be longer than half an hour but generally speaking we're keeping it to half an hour really bite-sized so it's, it's not a huge amount of time so i'm sure everybody out there can give up 30 minutes of their time every week yeah. to talk about the segunda.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I, I really enjoyed listening in
0: good thanks
1: yeah. chris <laughs> yeah no, really it's, it's great i really love the one with the managers Mm. Yeah, and
0: there's worked. been so I've many
3: really changes in the great. dugouts, you know. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's new managers, there's been a little bit of switching and changing around, obviously yourselves uh, with, with your new man in the dugout as well, contracts handed out to people. We talked about all of those things. And, of course, we talked about, for anyone that hasn't listened to it, we talked about the trainers of a couple of the <laughs> managers, the, the, the attire on the touchline. So um, just an interesting angle for anyone. No, I,
1: really, I really think it's a cool... It's a cool podcast and, and I really think Segunda Division needed more to get more attention in general. We do Malaga, but I, I really think it's cool. I'm <laughs> I'm a definitely a new listener. And I also want to congratulate you on your new new how you go it engagement with over the bar.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, so we've... we've Thanks for mentioning that. I totally forgot to mention <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, dude, we've pray. also
1: linked up with, um, with Over The
3: Bar, which is a, a football fan website. Um, <coughs> they cover Bundesliga in a lot of detail. They cover the English leagues in a lot of detail. But the English leagues that, that don't normally get a lot of coverage, so they don't really do a lot on the Premier League at all. It's Championship League One, League Two. Um, so they are a really good platform to give uh, attention to... To clubs that don't normally get the attention that they definitely deserve because there's huge clubs out there such as Malaga that, you know, they, they deserve a lot more attention than they get and, and that's what Over the Bar does. So there'll be a partnership with them and we'll be putting out some um, some written articles throughout the season as well. The first one's up already about UD Ibiza.
1: So, um yeah, give that a read. But you you live in Spain, right? So you know that even the clubs for Primera División... Don't really get the attention that they deserve on in the Spanish media. If you watch El Chiringuito or watch whatever other program, they will only talk about two clubs. I think um, I really love Malaga being in Segunda, even that it's no not the highest the highest league in Spain, but I think the league and the media have killed Primera División. Yeah, I agree. You know,
3: there is so much of a focus on just the big two. And uh, I don't think they really knew what to do with themselves this season, just gone with Atleti winning it. I think they they almost didn't have a clue what to do. And it is such a shame. And one of the things that I I did think about doing um, when I was deciding what to what to do i wanted to start a podcast to shine a light on the teams that really deserve the attention was whether to open it up as well to the other 18 clubs in in primera as well but there's not enough hours in my day to do that um but maybe that's one for the future
0: yeah, yeah yeah, I think that would that would kill you off I think if you did that as well particularly with your Mallorca commitments as well. Maybe we can mention that a bit later, but um as you said Alex, you're going to do your next sort of uh, podcast is going to be a preview of the segunda season all 22 teams like you said. Um so we've sort of got you to give us a bit of a lowdown on what you've picked up talking to fans of other clubs like you've obviously did a review of last season and I know you you did your last podcast was with um the the guy from Ibiza um so we're going to give a bit of a general overview and then if you want a more specific and a bit more detailed obviously go and check out Alex's uh Segunda podcast when that comes out but we'll start with we'll go towards the top first then Alex um who are the teams you think like the ones that are going to be up towards the top this season, are they going to be the the relegated teams or looking to go back up? Or is there any other sort of ones we need to keep an eye out for?
3: Well, they'll all be looking to go back up, of course. Will they all go back up? I'll I'll put my house on it now. No, there's there's no way that the three out of three will all go back up. Uh, We saw last season, it was a season like no other in Segunda. um, Due to the COVID, really, the three relegated teams did finish first, second, third. Espanyol, Mallorca, Legonés. Obviously, Leganez missed out eventually in the playoffs. But those three relegated sides, in my eyes, were a lot stronger um, than the three that are coming down. And due to a combination of different things, really, who they were, so you had Espanyol, you know, Mallorca as well, a, a big club. Leganés, a very well-run club. Due to the parachute money, of course, this season, those teams will also get the parachute money. But I mentioned COVID a minute ago. Covid actually meant that the the traditional poaching of the players from relegated clubs didn't really happen because nobody had any money. They were all going through a financial crisis, couldn't really spend any, anything uh, apart from Ante Budimir and and maybe one or two. But Leganes' his stars had left during yeah. the season, really. Brathwaite and and Eniziri, um, you know, were, Budimir left from Mallorca. But were, apart from that, Espanyol held on to everyone, and they had a Ekipatho in that league—it was just yeah. <laughs> unbelievable the team that they had. But that hasn't happened this year. You know, we've we've seen already. Huesca's best player and top goal scorer, obviously, was Rafa Rafa Mir. Got a hat trick in the Olympics the other day. He's returned to Wolves. He was only on loan. The second top scorer was Sandro. He's left on loan to Primera to cut the costs, and they, they're not able to hold on to him. Uh, they sold one of their better players, Javi Galan, to to Celta Vigo. So. Already, the the landscape is a little bit different this year for those relegated clubs. Real Valladolid haven't lost anyone, but they also haven't signed anyone. So they're relying very much on the new manager, Pachetta to to do his magic. Abar are a different kettle of fish. Abar are a different gravy. Look, they're going to be up there um, but they're a very different side to what was in La Liga. They've lost all their stars. Dimitrovich has gone to Sevilla. Pedro Bigas has gone to, to Elche, I think he did. Brian Hill, obviously, back to Sevilla and then bought by Spurs. Kike to Osasuna. So the crown jewels have been stripped out. Um, but they've signed, I think, 14 players and some good ones at that as well. So Abar are going to be up there for sure. Um, but they've got to gel those 14 players together. Um, I don't think we're going to see a race up the top like we did last season where we see a a, a Mallorca and an Espanol miles ahead of everyone else. I know Almeria kind of held on to the coattails for a long time, but in truth, they were never really there. Um, As a a Mallorca fan, it never felt like that. (laughs) Um, But Almeria will will be strong. Um, I think where it is totally wide open and where the season will be really different this year is that the playoffs are going to be really wide open. Last year, uh, it went down to, to seventh position. Really, we saw Pompey holding on for quite a while towards the end of the season. But really, it was it was six from seven in those top six spots. And um, this season, I think we could see a playoff race that goes right down to eighteenth position, like we did a couple of years ago. You know, where there were teams going, well, we yourselves included, with yeah, well, three or four points away from yeah. relegation, with three or four points away from the playoffs. You know,
0: <laughs> I think we could see another one of those. Um, seasons this year Oh, I I can't wait Um, Johnny I'll I'll come to you because you've you've not had a a chance to get involved yet Um, who do you think I'm going to ask you outright who do you think are the teams that are going to win and go up from the Segunda this season
2: to go up to the first division of course Uh, well for me the easy choices are the ones that got relegated to be honest but I am am hopeful for (laughs) Malaga to be honest Uh, we've got an exciting team and we've got a young manager with a really cool style of play but, you know, you've got to go for the relegated teams that came from the first division. That's just
0: the easy bet, isn't it? Yeah, um, like I, I sort of read in between the lines of what you said as well, Alex. I, I I might be wrong and obviously you might have spoken to people that would go along with this. But I get the impression with Ibar, they sort of seem to say at the end of last season, there was a bit of a rhetoric where they were like, oh, but, you know, we've done well for so long. And of course they have. And they said, oh, we can handle getting relegated. But I, I get the impression, and correct me if I'm wrong, they, they don't seem to be sort of going like, right, we're going to smash this league. We're going to go back up. Whereas I've noticed with like Real, Real Valladolid, they seem to be, right, we need to go up. They seem a bit more infused about going up. And Ibar seem a bit quiet. So uh, that's why I was a bit... I'm not so confident for them going straight back up.
3: I mean, I, I think they're quietly going about their business incredibly shrewdly. You know, Aibar, they've they've gone back to Garitano, the man mm, of course, yeah. who previously got them from Segunda Bay up into La Liga. They've signed some fantastic players. They've basically gone round Segunda and looks at who the best players were last season and gone, what's his buyout clause? We'll have him. What's his buyout clause? We'll have him. You know, they've taken... Um, this is an indicator of, of the quiet power play that they've made. They've taken Jose Corpas from Almeria. And he was Almeria's second top goalscorer with, I think, 12 goals last season behind Umar Sadiq. And he got eight assists from the wide positions. And they've basically nipped in there and bought him, and Almeria can do nothing about it. Uh, they've gone to Pompey and taken Oscar Sielder, who was in the team of the season um, last year. So, you know, they've made a, a real pile of uh, solid, solid Segunda sign-ins. And the question mark over them for me is more about, can the manager get 14 new sign-ins to gel?
0: Okay.
3: He's got the tools there for them to win this division, no doubt. Uh, It's just whether or not he can put those pieces together because we all know it's not as simple as just putting names down on a piece of paper. You've got to get those players playing and, um, you know, let's
0: see if he can do it. Um, And then, Chris, I'll ask you as well. Who who do you think are going to be the, the front runners of the pack as the season goes on?
1: Difficult. I think there's loads of quality in Segunda this season. I would go with Ibar.
0: Okay, it's just it's just me that wasn't fancying Ibar, and clearly maybe maybe I I need to delve more into Ibar. I I don't know. I just something was felt a bit off for me. But what
1: worries me more is what going what is going on with Las Palmas. Okay, because they have been signing the worst striker (laughs) they possibly can get.
0: I was gonna I was gonna mention him earlier, and I forgot to actually. How is that possible? I'm guessing. I'm guessing you're referring to Armando uh, Sadiku.
1: No, Peña Randa.
0: Who? Yeah, Peña yeah. Randa. Okay. Taking him on loan,
3: from, on loan from Watford.
1: How is that possible, Alex?
3: Well, he, he was with Malaga previously, wasn't he? Yes. And so they've, they've actually got two ex Malaga strikers up front. Yes. And they're and, not and
1: getting. S- so Sadiku is a pretty good player, but he. I don't know. Was playing in Bolivia at Bolivar. Yeah, but he signed, resigned his contract there. But Peña Randa is awful. He's I think you, there's no worse striker you can get. I would used to see him every Saturday and Sunday night in uh, in Beno Madena going out for having drinks till late in the morning.
3: I I think um, they are expecting another centre-forward signing at Las Palmas. So I don't think that those guys are the two you just mentioned are intended to be their number one um, pick next to to Hesse. Um, They have lost Sergio Arujo, of course. Mm -hmm, Uh, They've sold him, which to me is a little bit crazy. I think they wanted to cash in and... Um, you know he's been a servant for them and for, for a number of years but that's that's a big loss for them they've not replaced him yet but if they can get a different striker in through the door you know we'll see what they can do but i agree the quality of what they brought in up front isn't all there but last season their problem wasn't up front that's palmas they conceded the second most goals in the entire division you know this they, they conceded the same or more than three out of four of the relegated teams so actually if they can tighten up the defense then maybe that's where their issues lie, and that's the key to them moving up. And they still finished, I think it was eighth or ninth position, wasn't it last year? So, so they were they were kind of the best of the rest behind, just behind Pompey, I think. Yeah. Did, um,
1: they, uh, did they do something about their defense yet?
3: Or yeah, they signed uh, they signed Raul Navas from um, from Cartagena. Uh, when I say they signed him, they paid his payout clause. Um, yeah. And his payout clause was—I mean, we could all have afforded possibly to have uh, signed him. He was sixteen thousand euros. So when I when I heard that, I was considering getting him, you know, signing him to come and just be my housekeeper, maybe or something like that. Um, but yeah, they paid out his clause, and he's moved on. He was for me. Uh, I know we're going to possibly talk about one of my dark horses in a minute, Matt. But yeah. um, he was at Cartagena last year and just a really terrific defender. So I think that's a big. A big get for them um in defense
0: yeah before we before we perhaps talk about some other dark horses then while we're, while we're on the subject of them now i've I've picked up a running theme from your podcast that you do you do have a real soft spot cutter here don't you <sighs> I do, yeah, um, and and I was thinking, <laughs> where's it come from? <laughs>
3: I, I did a, I did a little bit of um, research. It, it comes from a really boring route, to be honest. I did a bit of a bit of research for some work that I was doing, and 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 um, really looked into Cartagena a lot, and then watched a couple of their games um, in real detail. You know, not just watching them; it's on in the background, but really watching them. Um, and I just loved their attitude. And actually, one of the guys whose attitude I love the most is Raul Navas, who we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had this, under Luis Carrion, they had this, this kind of steely desire to, to not get beat and to get themselves over the line. You know, they they He came in at Christmas. They revolutionized the, the squad they made. I mean, they, they, they're up there with, with Abar for the, the number of signings that they've made this season. Uh, in the summer and they've done it again they did it at Christmas they've done it again um, they had to because they they've lost some of those better players that they did bring in at Christmas um, such as Raul Navas but uh, yeah I just really enjoyed watching them and, and of course um, you know they've got Ruben Castro up front banging in the yeah. goals 19 goals for a for a, what is he 38 year old veteran it's, uh, it's pretty incredible really so yeah I, I just I, I want to see them do well and yeah um, I think they they are a dark horse for this season for me.
0: And you've obviously on your podcast you've talked about uh, new managers coming in, and I'm sure you've done you know on your Twitter you've done quite a lot of the new signings. Is there anyone from maybe that middle pack, like you said last season? It sort of the playoffs were down to seventh position, and then there was a bit of a gap. Is there anyone from that middle pack you think could make a play for the playoffs? A bit of a dark horse. I do. I do think it'll be Cartagena i okay. do uh, I do think it'll be Cartagena,
3: and, and they they're not even coming from that middle pack. they're coming yeah. from surviving I think it was the penultimate game of the season they They survived maybe the the one before that, but well, basically they're coming they were, from
0: they' were in the relegation zone for most of the season, weren't they? and then they sort of went, "Oh, we've had enough of this," and then that momentum seemed to build up, so they could take it into the new season, I suppose.
3: Exactly, and I mean, my only fear for them is, um, similar to what we were saying about Eibar, you know, Eibar lost a lot of their players from last season, so sort of Cartagena, they've, they've held on to some key ones, um, by the way, uh, you know, Pablo de Blasís, they've they they've signed him onto a new yeah. contract, they did think that he might do the same as Raúl uh, Raul Navas and leave. Um, but they've, they've picked up Antonio Luna from, from uh, Girona, Alex um, Gallar, Gallar from Girona as well, but Jan Bodiger in midfields, um, who was playing in La Liga with Cadiz. So I, I just think that they've okay. got a savvy manager. They've got a solid side. You know, under him, they were defending really well. Ruben Castro's not going to score 19 goals again <laughs> uh, this season, yes. but uh, well, maybe he will. <laughs> but uh, prove me wrong, Ruben. But um, I just think they've got a more all-round team there now and they've got a good coach
0: okay so look out for Cartagena next season is it is it a bit quiet around Alcorcon
1: again Chris is it a bit quiet around Alcorcon because I think there isn't much going on in Alcorcon
3: yeah I think what's been going on in Alcorcon is there's been um, a lot of players going out of the door rather than uh, players coming in the door and like a lot of the teams bouncing down the bottom of Segunda, you know, they have a, a number of loan signings making up their squad and I, I guess they're, they're, they're not a big club. They've, they've not got huge finance behind them. They've got to be picking up players from Segunda Bay, the to, uh, uh, top end of Segunda Bay, but even then some of those players are, are going to be getting picked up by other Segunda sides. So, yeah, they, they could be in trouble. They could be in trouble uh, this season. It wouldn't be a surprise for them to be in the relegation battle. I think that's where they expect to be, but they, they could be in real trouble of going down.
0: Yeah, and while we're talking about, um, you know, you said a lot was going out the door, but on I think it was on your podcast dedicated to the stadiums of Segunda with uh, Chris from Estadios Hispania. You did talk about the most exciting thing going on at Alcocorn, though, which was they're getting a new roof. And um, getting not a, even a new roof, a roof. A roof, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I, at the time I, w- I was staying with Alcocon Alex in Barcelona and I listened to your podcast when I was out. I think it was when I was out running, actually. And I came back and I said, And are you excited about Alcocon's roof? And he's looking at me like, What are you talking about? I said, You're getting a roof. And he was like, Oh, I can't wait. So I can confirm Alcocon Alex <laughs> is excited about the new roof coming to. Alcocon. um johnny like w- before we talk about like alex has sort of mentioned the relegation places there um, just before we go on to that is there anyone in this division that might be a bit of a surprise package do you think this season uh,
2: i'm i'm quite interested in the uh, teams that are promoted obviously i don't think they're going to make a massive impact but you know teams like ibiza they just it's just very cool to have them in the in the league and i'm very interested to see how they're going to do for example So I'm
0: really interested to see the new boys, to be honest. Yeah, um, obviously, Alex, your last podcast was about uh, Ibiza and uh, they were going to sort of be my tip for a dark horse, to be honest with you. Um, I I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm just excited about Ibiza being in the league. But uh, let's let's go to the promoted teams then. Do you think any of them could have an impact on the league? Yeah, I think, I think for sure they could have an impact on the league.
3: I don't think they're going to have the sort of impact where we're talking about a uh, dark horse for the playoffs or anything like that. But, you know, I think in your first season in Segunda, uh, having an impact on the league is, is being comfortable, is being safe, is not being... In the bottom three or four, going into the last ten games of the season, obviously they're going to be close to that because that's that's the nature of Segunda. You never, you know, if you if you're six or eight points away from the relegation, you're in the playoff hunt. So, uh, but I think you know, last season we saw three out of four of the promoted teams go down, just Cartagena staying up, and um, and there is a big financial gap between Segunda Bay and, and, and Segunda or Primera RFEF, as it's now called. Mm, yeah. um, but for a couple of the teams coming up, finance just isn't an issue. Ibiza are bankrolled by Salva, um, the former Valencia president. Obviously, we talked about him on, on the latest podcast and there's the article on the, on the Over the Bar site, so go and check that out. <laughs> um, Real Sociedad, of course, in, a, in some ways they're hindered by being a B team, but in other, in other ways they're really not because um, they've already dropped a couple of incredibly talented players down from their, from their um, A team into the B squad. Players who played Europa League and a few minutes here and there in La Liga for them.
0: Yeah, I think on, on, on your managerial merry-go-round, sorry to interrupt, you, I think you made a great point on that where you said Chabi Alonso sort of has the easiest gig in the league, doesn't he? Because if they go down, everyone will go, oh, well, they're a B team. And if they don't go down, it's like, oh, Chabi Alonso's with brilliant. And obviously his objective, they can't get promoted unless Sociedad, Real Sociedad go relegated, I suppose. I don't know how that would work. But he's got a pretty low-pressure job next year, really, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, sorry, he, that I, he, sorry that I, sorry that I but I find it awful to have a B team in in Segunda División. I think it's the most horrible thing that can ever happen to to any football league.
0: Yeah, that that's a whole different. We could have a whole podcast with that debate, couldn't we? As
3: as a Dutchman, Chris, they have B teams in the, uh, yes, in, the in the Segunda in
1: in Holland as well, don't they? Yes, we? horrible. <laughs> no, but it's it's really it's useless. It. It doesn't contri- contribute to anything. It's only good for the first team of of Real, Soci- Real Sociedad. Yes, yeah. the only thing why they do it. I think it's horrible. I think I don't know. It's a bit of a of a disrespect to Segunda División that a B team. And the same in Holland. It. I, I don't see the use of it. I think it's horrible. I think the problem that there is for B teams is that.
3: For example, if I if I use the UK league system, obviously it's professional. Well, there's 92 clubs technically professional, but even in even in non-league now there are mm. professional teams. You know, probably the majority of the top division in non-league is yeah. professional. So you've got about 100 to 110. You've literally professional got Hollywood
0: clubs. stars owning a team in the Conference Premier now. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I
3: mean, it's, it's crazy. But for in Spain, obviously there are some professional sides in in Segunda Bay or Primera RFEF. But the the issue is that because it was such a wide base, when you go down, it goes regional, doesn't it? So you essentially used to have about 10 divisions. Now you've got two divisions. The quality was just diluted across those. It wasn't 10. It was maybe six or eight divisions, wasn't it? The quality was just diluted across those divisions. So it meant that the standard of Segunda B generally was was nowhere near what yeah. the standard of the third tier in the UK, for example, might be. So what, I guess what they've done with restructuring this into two uh, Primera RFEF, there's, there's two divisions now that are the third tier, is the standard of those divisions is now going to be higher. Yeah. So I can possibly see it in years to come, Chris, that you might get your wish because they might actually say, right, the ceiling for B-sides is Primera RFEF. I think, I think that could be coming in a few years, time.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think that's that's the right way. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't Yeah. I think it's a bit off. Because what happened in Holland as well, when Ajax, for example, who plays in the second league, if they have an important match coming up, players of the first team will play
0: for the P team. Yeah.
1: To to play that match. Well, there, there are rules
3: around that in Spain. So, if you've played a certain number of games for the for the um, for the main first team, then you can't drop down. Obviously, they, they look at. Um, I think there's an age limit as well on players uh, for B teams. But I mean, the, the the thing that just makes it a little bit ridiculous is um, Real Sociedad B have, have signed a player for two million euros from from Red Bull Salzburg, who's a young player. <laughs> And obviously the, the club is awash with cash because they're in La Liga and they're, they're really well run. And this is a player that they've signed for the future, of course. Yeah. Mm. Um, and they want to give him a ground in, in Segunda, get him used to Spain, get him used to everything he needs to get used to, and then move him up to the first team. So, yes, yeah, um, it, it makes a mockery. But I think, they, I think that they will make a mark. Burgos, not so sure. Um, and Amor Bieta, I think they're going to be everyone's second team in Segunda, <laughs> aren't they? You know, it's just incredible that they're there. And I think what makes you absolutely right, Chris, about what you're saying is for every Real Sociedad B or every B team that comes into Segunda, there's an Amor Bieta who yeah. is a proper club, yeah. you know, a, a proper club, a, a, a village, a town, somewhere in Spain where people go and support that club, and they're not getting the opportunity to be in Segunda. So, yes. yeah,
0: I, I totally agree with you. Yes, it's just a shame that they're playing in Athletic Club's training ground, aren't they, next season, I think.
3: They are, yeah. The ground's been... Um, you, you can do a shout-out for another one of our podcasts if you want. <laughs> <laughs> for the, for the Estadios. Uh, we did we in did yeah. Estadios de España and, and talked to the guy who runs the, the account, Chris, who runs the account there. And it's just incredibly interesting guy mm. what well, he doesn't know about Spanish football grounds is not worth knowing but vieta's <laughs> ground is, is um, not up to standards um, as Ibiza's wasn't and as Burgos's um, also wasn't and they've had to um, refurb them but obviously those two clubs are in a better financial position and their grounds are a lot closer to being that standard so it made sense for them to do it. Um, Amorbieta, they just couldn't um do it in the time um that they had and, and let's face it, it could be their only season ever in Segunda for a few years. So yeah, they'll be playing it um on, on pitch two.
1: They'll be <laughs> I, playing. I, I even think they two. were that's what I heard, that they had doubts if they were going to uh play in Segunda when they got promoted. They weren't yeah. even sure if they wanted to play in segunda. Well, it was it was because of
3: um, exactly these issues around the ground, you know, around having to um, update things and whether or not they'd be able to financially do do all of the things that needed doing. You know, it was regulations like the ground has to be sealed on all four sides so that sheep and goats can't just <laughs> walk in off the mountainside, you know, and uh, there, there has to be a media centre with appropriate um facilities for the media obviously to be able to report back, TV stanchions, capacity of the ground, all those things. And it was just, the ground is just, I mean, have a look online, look at the, look yeah, at the yeah, images yeah, of it. It's yeah. somewhere I really want to go to watch a game of <laughs> yeah, football, but it. I'm not going to be able to go and watch one next
1: year because they're going to be playing on pitch two. Page but two. Did, you, did you see the the ground, of course, because you did a podcast on it, of, of Real Sociedad Bay?
3: yeah but they're playing, they're playing in uh, Anaweta. they're going to be playing yes. in um yeah in, in the same ground that the first team plays so um yeah arguably they going, have... they've just shifted themselves straight across
0: at no cost yeah they arguably they've got the best stadium in the league really haven't they <laughs> probably <laughs> um uh, just quickly then we'll um we'll obviously we will come on to Malaga very quickly um just is there anyone else you think is in a lot of danger next season obviously you've said about the newly promoted teams might struggle you mentioned Alcocorn is there anyone else you think is in peril
3: in danger i think the only one that maybe would be in danger that people um maybe wouldn't expect to be is at the moment Real Zaragoza okay um, at the moment Real Zaragoza they they have a, an issue over their ownership um there's there's a pendover a takeover pending They've made one signing. Um, they wanted to sign Matteo per- Perpenes mm-hmm. um, who obviously now will yeah. be wearing the Malaga shirt next season. We struggled uh, in the with the pronunciation
0: earlier so your pronunciation sounded better than ours so well done. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if he's right though, Matt.
3: Um, and... Yeah, he he was on loan at Real Zaragoza last season, and uh, looks set to be going back there after he was released from Almeria. And obviously, you guys have pinched him. And um, perhaps I don't know. Perhaps it was a case of it's a little bit closer for him to move from Almeria to um, to Malaga, and it works a bit better for him. But yeah, they're they're really struggling. They've they've signed one player, uh, as it stands, uh, a good player actually from Mallorca, Fran Games. Um but signing a right-back is not going
1: to propel you up the league. So, I remember, uh, them, I remember them struggling last season as well.
3: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's my issue with them, Chris, is that they, they struggled. They particularly struggled for goals. They've not really got a centre-forward. They had uh, Alex Alegria on loan from Mallorca. Again, a lot of, of Mallorca players went out on <laughs> loan last season. Um, and he just wasn't getting the goals. And uh, they kept persevering with him. They, they've not signed the striker. Did um, not improve this, and if you stand still in football, you move backwards. You know, as other people zoom on past you. So, yeah. I'm a little bit worried for them. All of my predictions, I have to say, the big caveat is: a, it's just my opinion, and I might be wrong, and b, there's still a couple of weeks until the transfer window shuts. So, do
1: you, do you agree with me that for Segunda, the transfer season really starts now at the end of the of the transfer period? Well, I think the the thing that we see a lot in Segunda, and we're going
3: to see more and more, is we see a lot of it anyway, but we'll see more of it as time goes on because of money, is loans. And the loan players, there's been very, very few. A couple gone to Fuenla, and from one from Juventus and very very few loan players have left La Liga at the moment because La Liga teams are basically sitting tight waiting and seeing what business they can do and then when they know who's surplus to requirements in their squad they're going to move them out on loan and the most likely place they're going to go is Segunda so there's a lot of Segunda teams who won't have their Squads completed at the beginning of the season and most importantly for me when I record my preview podcast <laughs> so you know all of the predictions are with the caveat of there's still a lot of business to be done there's still a lot of water to go under the bridge and, and whoever can pick up some of those really good loan signings from the big clubs um, you know it really could make a difference
1: What I've always oh. seen is that the big money goes out first and then Segunda gets the leftovers and the and the, and the players who, who don't really have a Found themselves a club in Primera or in Segunda. Yeah, so. yeah
3: exactly. I mean, you want to be looking at, at players from, for example, um, players from Espanol. So Espanol have gone up. They've got money in their back pocket. They didn't. They spent a little bit last year, um, but they've they've got a really big ceiling in terms of budget that they're allowed to spend by La Liga. They've got players that they bought specifically. For Segunda, who are going to be out of the door, for example, for example, I think uh, Kidi Bari, a player who, yeah, who you yeah. guys know quite well, I don't see him starting for them in Segunda. Uh, uh, sorry, in, in La Liga, I think there's a there's a chance that players like that are going to be going out on loan. So, you know, clubs are going to be keeping an eye on those seasoned pros. Um, Mallorca doing the same. You know, there's, there's there's players that they want out the door. Rayo, maybe not so much. They've they've not really got that that level of squad.
0: Okay, and. Uh... I've noticed, we've talked about the teams that we think could get promotion or playoffs talked about the teams that might be a surprise package. We talked about relegation. The word Malaga has not come up very often here. So uh, just in the last few minutes, then Alex, I know you said, Oh, you know, all these come with a caveat and there's a lot to go. And it's just my opinion. I know we beat you over the head a bit last season with the, uh, you, you tipped Malaga for relegation and to do a depot at the start of the season, which you took, but you've said you were happy. They didn't. You came on and said that, Um what do you think Malaga can do this season? Well, as you said, the caveat is the transfers, isn't it? But
3: what, what I really like for, for Malaga this season is Jose Alberto Lopez. I think you've got a really good coach there. I like what he did last season with Mirandes. Uh, I think it's going to take you a little bit of time to transition from, from yeah. the football you were playing last year to, to Jose Alberto Lopez style. You know, um, I, I think in attack... You've you've lost a few players in your forward line. You know you've lost uh, Quintana. Uh, gone back, I think, hasn't he, to Cadiz. Yeah, he's in Chav- Poland. Uh, pa- Say again. He's gone to Poland. <laughs> Has he? Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, Pablo Chavaria, of course, is, is is going to come back in, returning from injury. But you never know what type of player you're going to have when they return from a serious injury like that. Um, Munoz and and uh, Rahami have have both gone out the door as well. Um, Brandon Thomas, for me, uh, is an interesting one. I like the signing. He's got all the talent in the world. Of course, he's an ex-Mayorca boy as well, born on the island, Um, played for the club. But it's a case of bringing out the talent for him. It didn't really work out for him in the end at Osasuna. Um, He went on loan to Leganes last season and just had zero impact and and couldn't force his way into the team, really. Segunda's definitely on his uh, his level, but on on his day, he's... A really good second player. So it just depends if you can get that out of him. Um And in a in a league where there's so few goals, or at least last season there were so few goals um, across the entire division. You know, if you can get someone who hits a hot streak, then you know you, you're you're laughing from there. I think you look stable in defence. You know, you've you've maintained that defensive block. Um, that you have. Javi Jimenez coming in, uh, following his, his manager from Mirandes. Um, although, Brian Kufre from Malaga. I know, obviously, Chris, you and I were having a little conversation about Brian Kufre mm. and, and the, the words, uh, the rumour that I'd uh, picked up here in New York. It looks like he'll be joining today or tomorrow. Uh, so, you've got two left-backs there. Although, Kufre can play a little bit further forward. So, he might play in your left uh, midfield. Slot we talked already about uh P- P- ben ben <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I can't say that now. <laughs> that's okay. P- P- hey P- Beranes uh stolen one. from under the noses of, of Real Barragotha. I think that's a that's a really um, good acquisition. So um you know the bromance that you guys have with Manolo Gaspar is going to continue this season. So I think he's made some good acquisitions there. But perhaps the signing of the summer for you was actually Man- Manolo Gaspar when he when he signed his extension, and yeah. um, that's really important business um, for the club. You know, obviously he has been steering the ship through rough waters. Um, so I guess to answer your question, I see Malaga being solid but not spectacular as it stands. Okay, as it stands, you know if 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 you can get some other players in, you know, maybe maybe wait until October and ask me then and maybe I'll be saying something a little bit different. Um, but I don't see you as being a top two contender. I don't see you as being someone like Leganes who was in the top six for pretty much the whole season last yeah. last year. Um, but I do see you potentially as being a Rayo Vallecano. Oh. you know, keeping the pace. Oh. <laughs> uh, getting in the top six on the last day and challenging in the playoffs I think there's a there's a chance of that I wouldn't say you're one of the favorites to finish in the, in the playoffs but I, I would say there's definitely a chance and it depends how Segunda pans out as a whole you know if we have another season where where two or three or four sides up the top take points off pretty much everyone and win every week um, then you're not going to be in contention because the gap's going to be too big to the playoffs. But if we have a Segunda more like the Segunda we know and love, where we've got teams beating each other week in, week out, you know, I think there's every chance that you can, you know, be in, be in the hunt for that sixth
0: position. Excellent stuff. Right, we're a bit pushed for time, so I'm just going to ask the other two very quickly. Uh, Johnny, would, would you say we are a, like a dark horse for the playoff, or is that too ambitious? I
2: actually... Um, oh. I, do, I actually do think we might be Dark Horses. We've got a really cool young manager with some great ideas. We've got some really interesting signings. Uh, I think Paulino, for example, I'm really interested to see. I think if, if he can nail down the tactics and the chemistry in his first season, we can be Dark Horses. Otherwise, I might postpone that till next season when (laughs) everything's a bit more cemented. But I'm very optimistic, to be honest. (laughs) Famous last words.
0: And then, a final point then, Chris, Uh, are you as optimistic as... as No, of course. We're going to
1: Primera. (laughs) The season after, we'll be playing Europa League. And after that,
0: Champions League. Excellent stuff. We'll finish with that bit of optimism, Chris. So, Um, I would just like to say a big thank you to Alex Fitzpatrick for joining us. You're very welcome, anytime. And obviously, go and check out uh, the Segunda Spanish podcast, and he does a Mallorca podcast, Tono M, too, which, you know, if you want to listen to some club analysis of a Premier team, it's all good stuff. Um, so thank you again, Alex. Uh, thank you to Johnny for um, subbing in for Alex today. A solid I'm debut, pleasure. Johnny. Yes, thank you, Johnny. And thank you to my you know, he never misses a podcast, Chris. Anything? next
1: week, same time, same hour. No, different hour, same time. Just different time, same hour. <laughs> we will see. Next week another kiwi I'll be there from Spain.
0: Oh yes, yeah, so you're coming to Spain next yes. week. Yeah, we can we can hang out and have a have a Victoria somewhere. Oh. That sounds good. And and a hundred month detours we had last time, didn't we? You came yes. over. Yes, let's let's do that again. Okay. And thank you to you guys for listening. You know, subscribe and do all the stuff podcasts ask you to do. I have been Matt Harrison and you've been listening to the Cast on Sport Direct Radio. Adios and vamos Malaga.